podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of the Nina Kauser Show. Today's post-match show, we are looking at Liverpool's um, whew, draw against Chelsea 1-1. It finished after that bitter disappointment in the Carabao Cup. It's nice that the Reds kind of stepped up. I'll take a point. It could have been three points, but we'll take what we can at the bridge. And joining me to discuss this game, I'm on my own today. There is no producer. It's me. There's no one to direct the calls. There's no callers. It's just me and two excellent, excellent guests. So without further ado, let's introduce them. Up first, I have a returning guest. He was on the post-match show for the Leicester game. He likes the team in blue. It's Mr. Jay Sutherland. Jay, welcome back. Hello. Yeah, glad to be back. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's great to have you back. It was a great game, but it's awesome to have you back. We are going to discuss this game. I'm sure you have plenty to say. Indeed. Indeed. And joining Jay, I mean, what can I say? This guy, he's gone up in the world. He's used to rubbing shoulders with, you know, the likes of Kenny Dalglish, hosting that kind. And, you know, today I feel like he's sat with a, a pleb in me, certainly not Jay. I'm talking about the host of the King and AI podcast, the main man, one of the main men on AI Pro is Eddie Gibbs. Eddie, welcome back. It's been ages. Yeah, it's been a long time. Champions League uh, last season since you invited me on. I feel like I've been pushed to one side and I'm delighted to have had this opportunity today to, to grace you with uh, with some presents. Oh, whatever. You you kind of podcast with the, the upper echelons now. You don't think about us small-time people. But guys, I mean, what a game. Uh, you know, I, I feel like it could have been so much more. So you know what? Before we kind of talk about the game, I want to get initial thoughts and your feelings on that. I mean, Jay, I'll come to you first. Um, what? Because this isn't like a raw pod. It's about raw emotions. What do you feel straight after that? <laughs> That's a good question, but basically my heart rate is just about come back down to normal. <laughs> uh, that last thirty minutes, mm. I went through a lot of emotion. So, I from from sort of nail biting and sort of uh, I, I sort of decided that that was going to be it. You know, I just conceded the defeat at one point, and then you know just the raw ex- ecstasy essentially of Sturridge's goal. So you know, I've just gone through. So many different emotions in that last half an hour of that match. I'm just happy that it's over, to be honest. Aged like a hundred years. I, I can a hundred percent relate to that. Yeah. And, you know, there were some nerve wracking moments after we equalized as well, which kind of gave me a few heart in mouth moments. Eddie, what about yourself? I didn't think those heart and mouth moments were so bad. I don't know why. I just feel so much more confidence in the defence these days. I, I wasn't as bad as I, I would have expected to be. If you told me that we were going to equalise late on and then have these uh, have our goal bombarded with a with a free kick and a corner in the last thirty seconds of injury time last season mm. or the season before, yeah. I'd have uh, I'd have expected to have uh, to have been hanging my head. And I mean, if we they had scored then, I mean, if they had scored at that that end after we'd got back into the game, it would have just been absolutely horrific. So no, I was. Uh, I was pleased with the uh, with the point in the end. I think most of us would be, but on another day, and we'll go into talk about the the, the chances. I'm sure on another day we win that game. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things. It's just that we didn't play particularly badly. There's there's a there's a lot wrong. I think it's fair to say there's still quite a lot wrong, uh, and we'll probably talk about some of those things. But at the end of the day, as Kenny Dalglish says on the podcast every week, it's about winning games, and we were close to winning that game again today. Mm. We were absolutely, and before we kind of like break the game down, I want to kind of talk about, um, of course, the most important news was, um, of course, Virgil van Dijk sort of, um, passing, you know, the fitness test, and of course, he features. It was the same team that featured in Paris Saint Germain. Let's talk about that. I mean, I thought, what did you make of the team selection, that midfield? Were you, were you happy with the starting 11? Because I was. That one to me is it? Oh, sorry, I'm just randomly expecting you to know what I'm talking about here. Eddie, I'll, this is what happens when Gags isn't here, people. I just expect people to know who I'm talking to. Eddie, I'll come to you first on that one. 
<laughs> okay, the, uh, the, the the selection Van Dyke massive. I mm. mean, uh, we said it on the preview pod yesterday where Gags Gags was absolutely convinced that that was just smoke and mirrors, and he was right. It was. Uh, I think Virgil put something on Instagram like late last night to say that he's definitely raring to go. So I would have been stunned after that if he hadn't been selected in the starting lineup. He was imperious today. He was absolutely excellent. I thought uh, he was probably uh, along with Allison our man of the match. I thought he was really good today, Virgil Van Dyke. So. See, the way he defended those set pieces and things like that, and I know we'll, we'll cover the match in more detail, but in terms of your question, yeah, absolutely superb. Uh, I'm not happy with the midfield selection. I think there's quite a few out there that are like that. If Klopp had this uh, this plan with bringing in uh, Fabinho and Cater, there must be more to it than we're seeing right now. So uh, I don't expect that that's going to be our midfield, that, that when Alden, Henderson, Milner uh, for, for much of the season, but he seems to be starting that way. So let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean... Um... That three did pretty well against PSG, didn't they? So I, I've, I've got mixed feelings about that midfield. But um, I was the same, to be honest. I was thinking that this would be a game for Cater because he had a really good match midweek, mm. I yes, thought. Yes, he did. And I just thought we really needed that dynamism in the middle because I always feel that those three leave our midfield a little bit flat. They're a little bit the same-ish, a bit of a much of a muchness. Yeah, we've had um, this conversation, so, haven't we, before? Yeah, mm. so I would have kind of liked to have seen Cater in that in that lineup, but um, and I think it t- told, to be honest, in that first half that we lacked a bit of dynamism. I thought, I mean, speaking of that midfield, before obviously they go ahead with um, Eden Hazard, I, you know what? I can't stand that man. He's like the modern day Drogba to me. I'm just going to put that out there, you know, giving me nightmares. But um, speaking of the midfield, I thought before they equalised, I thought Ginny Wijnaldum had a pretty decent game. I actually thought he had a, quite a good game. Yeah. I thought the same, actually. Yeah, I thought he really controlled that midfield mm. for the most part. And he, he he has this really good skill of being able to turn on the ball, use his weight and the, um, his lower body strength to sort of t- turn the body that's right up against him and, and sort of speed away. And when he does that, and I noticed that when he, when he sort of works off the cuff and mm. um, doesn't have much time to think, he's really good. <laughs> and when he has a little bit more time to think, he, he, he tends to play a bit more safely. Mm. So I really like seeing him in those moments when he hasn't got that time because he, he makes some really good decisions in the moment. I thought we tried to bypass the midfield. I, I mean, Dave Hendricks mentioned this in, in some of the games uh, in the past. Uh, we certainly did it in the in the games against Man City last year. I, I think that there was we didn't try to use our midfield much and that what seemed to happen was the ball would go to the front three who would lose it and then we'd be... The, the counter attack and the midfield would be bypassed in both directions. So uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of that starts. I don't know. I didn't think Henderson had a good game today. Uh, mm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go too overboard on it. But I, I thought he was generally pretty poor, and I, I don't like him in that number six. I've I've said that before. And, yes. But I I think uh, Ginny in that number six would have been far better. I, I really didn't think me and Gag said that actually just yesterday on the on the preview show. But it's one of those things that seems to be what Klopp's working with just now and. Uh, uh, that was my disappointment with the team, if you like. We seemed to lose the ball and, and the fullbacks the fullbacks didn't have the confidence to push on. That's been our biggest strength, Trent and uh, and Robbo pushing on the, on their respective flanks. and They weren't able to do that with any confidence today, not just because of the fl- the threat of Hazard, but because of the fact that the midfield or the or the forwards kept losing the ball and they would have been left exposed, as is what happened on the uh, on the first goal. Abs- yeah, yeah. I-, I think that I think those are absolutely fair comments. I mean, I'm just trying to like draw as many positives as I can because I think you know th- you know there can be a lot of negative talk, and I'm sure there'd be some people who'd be bitterly disappointed that we didn't beat Chelsea and you know seek revenge and all that good stuff. But for me, I mean. Even from even if a neutral was watching that game, I genuinely do believe that the game was played at a really good pace and tempo. Certainly, like in the first half, I thought it was actually really, really good football from both teams. Yeah, I'd agree. I thought it was a great match to watch. From if I was a neutral, I'd have been absolutely loving that match. And it it's not just the quality on display, although there was that, but it was the sort of the tactical nous and the sort of um, chess like style of the game. Really, how it kept on shifting and changing and um and Liverpool had to try and find new ways of attacking Chelsea and Chelsea to be fair for the most part defended with brilliance <laughs> to be honest and then they'd come back at us and but usually from a counter attack and we'd likewise defend really well so it was a great match to watch it was a lot of quality on display and despite some of the weird comments I thought from BT Sports commentators, um, there was a lot of chances for for, um, for Liverpool. And Steve McManaman at one point on BT Sport said the, 
that we didn't have many chances, which really surprised me. But um, yeah, so I thought it was a great match to watch. Yeah, Liverpool still had the better chances. There's no two mm. ways about it. Though, I mean, Allison, Allison with a cracking save when Hazard was through late on, and uh, but really, what what more could we have done? You know, what I mean, we, the finishing just yeah. wasn't there. It just wasn't clinical. It wasn't ruthless. It was it was nothing like what happened last season, where we would be so clinical with one or two chances and blow teams away. That that that's what was missing. It wasn't that we Klopp would be happy that we created the chances. You even saw, I think, when Salah missed those uh, those ones that he might have just curled into the top mm. bin last season. Klopp was still mm. cheering. He was still at the sideline saying, well done, clapping the guys, because he knows that the, the, the build-up play to create those chances is the most important thing. And once it, it we've said it, we keep saying it, once it clicks, honestly, I mean, there's no doubt, there's two things that come from it. Firstly, yes, cracking spectacle, just what Jay said there. Brilliant match. If you were a neutral, you'd have absolutely loved it. The other thing that uh, the other thing that I think we, we confirm from this is that Chelsea are going to be right in the mix as well. Mm. I think that Jor- Jorginho and uh, and Kovacic bossed that midfield today. They're yeah. absolutely they're, 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 that was why I think probably there was a bit of a tactic mm. going on to try and bypass our midfield as much as possible. But we couldn't do that because we couldn't get the fullbacks into into play as much as we normally would. You know, we're going to speak about fullbacks, but first, I think um, like we said, I thought it was like quite a. A good game of football. I, I agree. I thought Liverpool had the better chances. I thought Salah could have, you know, um, was quite unlucky. You know, I thought some of his finishing was a little off. Of, of course, we're going to talk the full backs, but I think the first thing that we need to address is, um, the goal. And it did come pretty much from, uh, Hazard just running rings around our midfield, Eddie, like you suggested. Yeah, I mean, it's... And Trent out of position, Gomez then yep. getting pulled in as well. It was just, um, you know, and it was quite actually quite shocking to see this season from Liverpool because I feel like they hold their shape and discipline quite well. Yeah, I think Van Dijk marshals a lot of that, but it was a mm. perfect storm. It was a perfect storm there, goal in many ways. Uh, the fact that Trent would normally always be fa- fairly far forward like that and on, when, when, Liverpool, when teams counter against Liverpool, but... Kovacic's ball. I mean, it's easy, and everyone jumped on the. Everyone jumped on our guys. I think there was a ball out from from David Luiz, which was superb. There was a ball from Kovacic through to Hazard, and I know people will look at that as being Allison's one fault and not stopping that 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 goal across him. But it's a lovely finish from Hazard as well. I mean, it was a it was a fine Chelsea goal. No matter. I mean, we can we can say that we could have defended it better. We can say we do more. A bit like the goal that Hazard scored in the cup the other night. We can mm. always say we could have defended it better. But the fact of the matter is, we didn't, and they took advantage of it, and they were. Close yeah there's a reason why um hazard ends up making several (laughs) defenders uh, hundreds of defenders all over the world look like dummies it's because he's exceptional he's world class and uh, you know it's not a coincidence that that seems to happen regularly now it can't be that all those individual defenders are bad and that is the case today i mean as you say trent may have got sucked in in fact he did get sucked in a bit i don't know what happened with gomez i can't remember off the top of my head but certainly from a chelsea perspective that was a beautifully worked goal and it was just you know if you were a neutral you'd you'd say that was a joy to behold so and you got your hold your hands up sometimes and say that's a really good goal from a chelsea perspective no i have to agree i think what happened with gomez was um he should have sort of pulled wider and he kind of didn't move out because his fullback was out of position. So I think those were like the sort of positional errors on, on Gomez's part. But like you said, Trent Alexander-Arnold was sucked out. And um, I thought Hazard, like you said, he's absolutely exceptional. Um, very good footballer. He scored a great goal on Wednesday as, as we, I mean, yeah. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, it was Wednesday. <laughs> this is what happens, people. Yeah, he scored a great goal on Wednesday. Uh, scored, um, you know, he took it really well. I don't blame the keeper at all because I actually thought Alisson actually made some really, really good saves. I mean, talk to me after that get, after that goal because it kind of felt to me, I don't know how you guys felt because obviously you kind of, you become frustrated as a supporter as well because of course you remember what happened in the Carabao Cup. You're a goal behind. Also, it's worth noting, um, it's the first time Liverpool have been a goal behind this season. So it was quite interesting to see how they react and I kind of wanted to see how they play. And I felt like after that goal, it, some of the players seemed a little rushed. Yeah, especially in that first half, we mm. really struggled to, to, to get anything going again. Um, it was, took the sting out of us a little bit. Um, but Chelsea have really surprised me, um, how good they're playing under Sarri. Like, they just, they, they really, really look like a great team. And I think, I think in the end, that's a really good result today. So let's not sort of forget that. Um, 
we're away from home. We've just come off the back of losing two one to them in the cup. Um and yeah, but yeah, going back to your question. So in that first half, we really seemed to struggle to get our foot back on the ball. And again, that comes down to Chelsea's midfield, as Eddie said, you know, Kovacic and Kante and Jorginho. Although mm. weirdly, I never really noticed Jorginho. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I never seemed to notice him, which is odd. Do you know well, what press, I mean? The press, the press was completely ineffective against Jorginho. His, mm. his his feet were so quick. He just moved the ball. He just moved the ball so fast. I can I can see why you didn't notice him, but yeah. I, just, I certainly noticed him. <laughs> yeah, he was prob- uh, he was uh, he was moving the ball so quickly. Every time Liverpool tried to press, some the way of we, the way we normally win the ball back in midfield and then set our forwards free. That was yeah. what that was sadly lacking. It did happen. It's not that it didn't happen. It's always going to happen, but it it did it did happen, and, that, and obviously Salah missed the the chances that were presented to him, and Mane obviously had that one that he tried to uh, flick over with the spectacular effort mm. rather than Lee Milner, and so they were they were, I think they were both still direct results of pressing. I might be wrong, but that that the, the pressing was still happen, but Jorginho mm. was was so clever in shielding the ball and moving it moving it away, and that's where that's why I say they those two bossed the midfield for me. I, Canty was there, but he wasn't massively effective. But I don't think he is in the way uh, Sari sets up his team. Sari's insisted, obviously, on bringing these two midfielders in, mm. and uh, they look they look great acquisitions for them. But in terms of them being a great team, I, I'm not so sure about that because I think they still lack. Uh, it's so dependent on Eden Hazard. They, they, their setup is so dependent on Eden Hazard. They they're not going to get the goals they need from uh, from either Morata or from oh, Giroud. It's yeah. not just going to happen. Mm. It's going to be it, Salah's. Uh, sorry. Uh, Hazard's right in form just now, bang in form, best form player in the league right now. So mm. it looks like they could destroy anyone. It'll be interesting to see what happens when he doesn't fancy it because Absolutely. he is that kind of player, isn't he, where sometimes Absolutely. he turns it on and off. You know, he, he's pretty much his own boss in, in that regard. But yeah, it, as, soon as, there's a, as soon as there's a tactical instruction to him, as soon as Sari gives him a tactical instruction, the, the toys will come out the pram again and his head will go down and the, and the form will dip again. He's been inconsistent his whole career. Mm. Don't get me wrong, as Jay said, that he's a phenomenal player, absolutely fantastic. And he, he would cost a, almost a world record transfer fee for Real Madrid to get him out of Chelsea. There's no two ways about that. But the inadequacy in his game will surface as the season goes on because they always do. Yeah, um, I think he's spot on. I think what we need to kind of look at now is... Um, I want to talk about our front three because, you know, as much as we speak about the midfield, for to, to me today... Um, I can't actually believe I'm saying this. Well, actually, I can because I watched the game and I've got a, I've got to call it down the line. Um, I thought the front three looked a little Barcelona. I, I didn't think Mane was great, but I tell you who was absolutely shocking for me, and that was Roberto Firmino. I mean, I want to know if you felt the same because it just wasn't happening today. Jay, I'll come to you. What did you make of the front three? Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean, but um. I do actually disagree. I mean, the commentators were saying the same. To be honest, they were saying the front three aren't looking on form, and they aren't—they aren't clicking, and they're not putting these chances away. So, you know, I agree with all that. But with like when you see the, the chances that are being created, as Eddie said earlier, it's still—I mean, we had like fourteen shots or something, and, and thirteen shots, and we had six on target, and we had some really, really good chances. And Salah was still turning his man and getting away and getting in the right position and getting these opportunities. Uh, Mane was still using his pace, although he, his touch seemed a bit off. And on Firmino, I mean, the commentator said that he, he didn't look good as well, but I, I just didn't, I didn't think it. I honestly didn't. You know, you know, with just... Roberto Firmino, he's a very, very intelligent footballer. Sometimes when he's not yeah. involved in the attack, you think, well, he's pressing or he's in the midfield. But today, hand on heart, I did not really know what he was doing. And, you know, that is a, usually I say, no, he's a hard worker, he's a grafter, he's doing X, Y, and Z. But for me today, mm. I didn't get that from him. I, I don't know what it was. With Salah, I think he was absolutely spot on. I thought he was pressing, I thought he was harrowing, I thought he showed pace. His finishing wasn't, you know, wasn't the best, but that's absolutely fine because we know he's still sort of finding his form and stuff and the front three will click, it's just a matter of time. But I felt like they didn't really do themselves any favours. And if the shooting boots were on today, I think Liverpool are out of sight today. Yeah, but if I, if I if I can just sort of um follow up a bit, I I think a lot of that was was less to do with Liverpool's front three and, and to do with the way Chelsea were defending because they weren't allowing our fullbacks to pass them at all, 
which then has a knock-on effect. So no space where, in the box as well, I remember. Ex- mm. ex- exactly, mm. yeah. So it means that when Firmino's dropping into those pockets of space, he's got absolutely no, no one to get it to because Trent can't get down the right and Robertson couldn't get down the left apart from a couple of times in the second half. And and Salah and, and they, everyone just got stuck in this little box, essentially, um, in their little section of the pitch. And that was a lot of credit has to go to Chelsea for that. So... Um, I think we just came up against a really good uh, team today in, in their defence, certainly. I don't know what you guys thought. What did you think? For me, it was, I don't know, I don't want to keep harping back like a midfield, uh, a broken record, but <laughs> I think Firmino's game is based on the midfield winning the ball with the press and then setting him free when he's got a bit of space to then pick out either a finish or a ball for, for uh, Mane or Salah. Keita's dribbling could have been quite effective, you know? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh, that, but I, I was cursing the front three, or, or certainly up until about 60 minutes, I think, when I think Salah came off quite early. But it was uh, I was cursing the, mid- the front three all through the game. But that's just the sort of raw emotion of watching the game. But the, <laughs> the service to, to them was really poor today. It wasn't it wasn't the midfield again, I, I, as I say, I'll yeah. keep coming back to it. But until they can do that, I mean, like you said, you know, you've already said that Salah was still industrious. He was still trying. He was still creative in places. His finishing just isn't there right now. Uh, Mane a couple of loose touches, gave the ball away a couple of times, but still industrious, but didn't have the space to work in. Firmino, as I said just there, I think he needs to be picking up those scraps from the uh, from the press. And they weren't there today because the midfield weren't pressing. I mean, it'd be really interesting to see the stats on under pressure next mm. week when Gags does them, because I just don't think they're going to be, we were at the races at all with the press today because it was so ineffective against those two excellent midfielders. And uh, in t- as I've been saying all season, I, I mean, I've said it on Twitter, I've said it on podcasts as well. The front three just look like they haven't played together before, which is so weird. Mm. And yet, I put that to Kenny Dalglish last week, and of course, what did he say? He said, well, they've all scored in every game so far. Today's (laughs) the first time it didn't happen. Well, there's a stat for you. Look at Eddie Gibbs pulling out the numbers. (laughs) I love that. Okay, so, um, yeah, I I think you've both made some fair points. I think you're right. I mean, the front three did frustrate me, but Jay, you're quite right to highlight the fact that, you know, I feel, you know, Chelsea were defensively set up really well. And if I look back at the game now, every time I kind of think about us trying to sort of cross in a ball from our fullbacks, etc., there were just so many bodies in that box, blue, you know, Chelsea shirts, that it was actually quite frustrating. No space, nowhere to turn. So you are actually spot on. And it would have had to take something quite, you know, like a wonder strike, which it, it did, but we'll get to that in a minute to kind of break that, um, to break that deadlock. We're going to, I mean, on, with regards to the midfield, I think, I don't think there's anything more to actually say on it. I, I thought, um, I think you're right. I thought Henderson had a, uh, had a poor game. And Eddie, I'll come to you first on this one because I felt like against Chelsea, when he, um, uh, came on, he played pretty well. And then in the dying minutes of that game, he started losing his grip on the game. And it felt like to me today, he started where he left off in that Carabao Cup game. Yeah, absolutely. I would totally agree with you. It was, uh, it, it was very, very, it was, I mean, all the blasters there, the shouting at people, the, the sort of, I mean, I don't think he got many tackles even in today, which he normally does. I mean, he got a yellow card in the, in the cup game. I don't think he got one today. I think it was Milner, but it was, uh, <laughs> It was just a bit May, the whole performance. I mean, so many sideways passes, so many backwards passes. Now, I understand that with the with the fullbacks unable to bomb on, he maybe didn't have the options, but the amount of times you saw Salah point and not send it here, send it here, and even when he did try that, the balls were long. I think one went out for a, a goal kick that he had sent long that way, and it, he just didn't even attempt anything. I thought, I thought Henderson and Milner, to, to an extent, were both poor today. Yeah, so on that subject, do you guys know, can you guys think of any... Like literally any time where any of our three midfielders created anything today. No, they didn't. I, I yeah, I don't think they did. Who put the ball, <laughs> who put, who put the ball in for Shakiri for the? Was that w- w- wasn't that Robertson? Yeah, Maybe. that was Robertson. Was it? Was it? Mm. Yeah, the one that Shakiri missed. Yeah, the setter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was Robertson's <laughs> le- left foot. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember any time that those starting three created anything and I, don't, I, I think don't from in, term, in terms of on the attacking front the only one that looked like maybe he was trying to put in a cross was maybe James Milner he had yeah. a couple blocked for sure mm. there was definitely a couple <laughs> of attempted crosses that were blocked mm. uh, yeah but, uh, 
I mean, we're not we're talking about this game in its in in isolation, but like I said, kind of at the outside, so there's no doubt that Klopp hasn't had a, a different plan for this midfield that we've yet to see. There's something oh. murmuring in the background, you know. What I mean, that there has to be. I refuse to believe that this is his. This is his. I know he's picked them for the big games, but I just refuse to believe that this is the front three that the midfield three. Sorry, that he wants to use this season. I I just can't. I just can't buy that one. <laughs> I mean, Jay, it's a good point that Eddie makes because one thing that we praise Klopp on is the fact that if a if if somebody's playing well, they deserve their right to be part of the starting eleven. And the midfield of them, um, of course, Genuine Aldum, James Milner, individually they've had great games. Henderson, of course, was um, part of the win against Paris Saint-Germain, which we've discussed, which is why it kind of picked itself. Albeit Paris Saint-Germain didn't really want to play football that day, let's be honest. But he picked the the, the winning team. And um, I think Eddie's onto something there because... There might be some niggling doubt there watching that game, thinking, hang on, I've got other midfielders, I've got other assets, and I should maybe use them. And I think that's how Klopp operates. Yeah, I, I think so. But also, I think that Klopp has said himself, hasn't he, that he's mm. he's sort of um, he's sort of weaning Fabinho into it all. And um, Kate is ready, but I think he's just relying on the, the three men that he's got the faith in and, and have been there and done that previously at the moment in these big games. And... And you've got to say, up to a point, it's worked so far um, because they know how to play and they know how to press under the Klopp system. And uh, I, I do think that it was, a, and we've, we've already discussed it briefly, but I do think it, it he should. this was a game for Cater. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, he would have brought more creativity, he would have brought more dynamism. And we even saw that in the second half, which I'm sure we'll touch on later. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, we could, you know what? This is my show. There's no gags. We're going to go everywhere. Let's actually discuss some of the, su- <laughs> let's discuss some of the substitutions that happened and how they changed the game. I mean, Jay, I'm going to stick with you. You kind of spoke about Katie there. Of course, he came on for Jordan Henderson. I felt like as soon as he came on, I felt like, I felt like Marnie woke up as well. Yeah, definitely. That it, it opened things up a bit because he, he moves with the ball, which is what one album does as well to a degree. Mm. Um, but as I said earlier, Wijnaldum doesn't seem to move with the ball if he's got time to think about it. It's really strange. If the ball comes to Wijnaldum and he looks up and he looks around, he never runs with it. But if he, if there's someone on him and the ball comes to him, he'll run and he'll burst into space because he hasn't got time to think about it. Whereas Cater just seems to go, go for it anyway. And it's unpredictable how he does it because he had a, he had a nice little late surge, um, sort of around the 80 minute mark or 85 minute mark mm. and sort of went past two or three people. And, he, and when he does that, when he opens himself up and s- surges forward, it seems to, it seems to open things up a bit. And as you say, Mane woke up and, um, and the, the front three just looked a bit more as if they had options then at that point. And yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen him start the game. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I think he certainly made things, he was beginning to start to make things happen at that point, although he didn't have enough time really to make a massive impact. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, Eddie, uh, coming to you on on this whole, you know, we've got midfielders, we've got better midfielders on the bench. I think it also comes down to, um, obviously Klopp has to, has to do right by his players. And I feel like with the big game coming up against Napoli and then, of course, Manchester City before the international break, I think it's to, um, you know, to some degree it's about equally sharing out the the minutes and you know making sure everyone does get game time uh, you know i i know like there will be people that will argue that there's a significant drop off in terms of the quality of jordan henson and nabi and you know and that's a fair comment to make but it's you know it's not like jordan henson is a horrific terrible footballer i don't think that's the case at all i think he's a great guy to have in the dressing room i think he's a great option off the bench certainly on the bench he has had some good performances and i think you know we've got to be mindful of all that as well we've got to be mindful about the fact that we're joint top of the league with man city that we've uh, <laughs> that we've just played chelsea and spurs away we got zero points from those two games last year we got four this season i'll keep on with the stats as long as you want but the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the there are so many positives that we're not trying to be we're, we're picking holes where there are holes you know what i mean it's not yeah. that they're chasms yeah. and they're not it's not chasms that are going to watch us slip down into the relegation zone or or, or tent in the league like man united <laughs> the uh, so uh, so we've got to we've got to be uh, we've got to be let's be real you know what I mean it's uh it's been a good season it's been a great start to the season and uh we'd have taken a win at Spurs and a draw at Chelsea before the first ball was kicked 
So uh, there's that. whilst we can pick holes in Henderson and say, say how things can improve, but you you know that all, all I'm saying is that there is, there has to be a plan. You know what I mean? And you don't go and sign uh, Fabinho and Cater for almost a combined ninety million, and they're gonna they're gonna be your main bench players. They will eventually be the the midfield yeah, that is used in the big games. There's no mm. two ways about it. I don't know whether he should go switch to that in Napoli. I would like to see a midfield of Fabinho in the six and uh, Wijnaldum and Keita. Uh, but how can you argue with James Milner's numbers? He was a top assist yeah. creator in the Champions League last year. You exactly. know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, it's fine lines, Nina. That's the thing. It's, there's, no, uh, there's no right or wrong. And at the end of the day, we've got the best guy managing the team to make these decisions. As he's the one that's deciding to pick Jordan Henderson in the six. He's the one that's deciding that Milner's almost his main midfielder right now. But if you look back a year, Milner was hardly starting any games. He was on the bench most games as he was being adapted from that left back to that midfielder. And then he had a great season. So it's still so early. You know what I mean? We can... We, we're, we're picking holes because that's what we're here to do in some ways. You know what I mean? We're here to dissect the game and look at it. But there's no, there's nothing really to worry about here. It's uh, it, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, just to pick up on, on what you said there with Milner and Wijnaldum and, and Henderson, to a degree, what Klopp understands is you've got to use players' momentum, the momentum of, uh, of their confidence and all of these things. And at the moment, as you say, Milner's stats are incredible and one Adams had some good games and Henderson's come off the back of a, taking Liverpool essentially to Champions League final so he's using that momentum and he's going to continue to use that momentum and as you touched on as well Nina um, he's sort of game managing as well because we've got a lot of games and that midfield is going to get twisted and turned around a lot and hopefully Fabinho will start to play more and more games and Cater might start midweek, who knows, or he might start against Man City. Mm-hmm. We don't really know. And that gives the opposition a lot to think about as well, because they don't know what sort of midfield they're going to come up against. I think he's going to be fucking fire against Man City. Cater has to play against Man City, I'm sorry. Um, him against that midfield as well. I just yeah. think, wow. You know, you need that. Um, like, like Eddie said, you know, we were trying to bypass City's midfield. You don't bypass when Naby Cater's in that midfield. He won't let you bypass it because he's like, no, I'm going to dribble my way through this. <laughs> you know, we're yeah. not going to play the long <clears throat> balls. And I love that. I love the fact that all our midfielders, a lot of them are like diverse and they offer different things. And I thought it was good yeah. by Jurgen Klopp to kind of, you know, make the tactical substitution for Jordan Henderson, for a navigator, because, you know, we are now in a position where Jurgen Klopp can roll a dice at any time mm-hmm. and you know that something can happen. And that is a sign of a very, very good team. So we didn't have that luxury last season. It was your starting 11 and that was it. So, yeah, you know, they're, like, they're the changes we've made mm, that put us ahead of Spurs now, in my opinion. You know I, what I mean? Because mm, they signed no one. They didn't strengthen their squad. You know what I mean? So it was almost like they basically said that as you were in terms of last season. You know what I mean? Whereas we didn't do that at all. We, we went and addressed the weak areas. Obviously, we lost Emery Chan. We lost Phil Coutinho halfway through last season. But we brought in Virgil van Dijk. We, we improved the defence beyond all recognition. We, pro- we brought Joe Gomez in a centre-half this year, which is probably saved us 50 million quid in either January or next summer. We improved a, a massive issue, which was the goalkeeper. We've Oof. fixed the uh, the midfield depth now in the fact that we have Naby Keita and Fabino available to us. Okay, they're not being used as much as some of us would like right now, but that has to be part of the master plan. And, uh, in terms, look, it's a squad game. I'm talking about master plan like there's a perfect 11. That doesn't exist anymore. It'll be it'll be yeah. a squad. If we're going to win anything this year, it's going to be a squad that does it. Yes. And uh, all of these guys, all of these guys have a part to play. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying drop him, drop him. He was rubbish. But ship him out, sell him. You know what I mean? We're not we're not going down that rabbit hole. It's very much about uh, it's very much about a squad game. But what I would like to see more often than not, eventually would be Fabino in the sixth with Wijnaldum and Keita as the two uh, two ahead of them. But yeah. we shall see. Klopp and I don't think... M- to make those decisions. Yeah, and I don't think many people would argue with you on that score as well, given the fact that the amount of money that we played and the talent that they are and where they've come from, you know, those are, those are the players that you want to see week in, week out. Um, we've got to move on to... Um, the fullbacks, Eddie, because you kind of discussed the, you, you kind of highlighted the fullbacks. And I felt like if there was any creativity that was happening in the game, it was the fullbacks. Like you said, the midfield weren't creating anything. Let's have a discussion on this. Eddie, I'll start with you. Well, they didn't have their usual remit to go forward, as we said, mm. because of the, the control that, uh, Kovacic and, uh, 
Jorginho Kante gave Chelsea, you know what I mean? And they were always obviously there was two reasons. Obviously, they were reluctant to be too far on the front foot with uh, with the with, with the the skill and the pace that Hazard possesses. So that was uh, certainly Trent was affected by that. And I think the first goal, if you like, would have been a a warning shot to him that he can't get too forward in the way he normally would. I mean, look at the look at the complete parallel to the uh, Paris Saint Germain game. You know what I mean? Where literally he was almost camped. Uh, halfway into the Paris half on the on the touchline for you know what I mean? It's like he was he couldn't do anything like that today. He was almost no. having to he was almost having to sit back because he didn't want to leave the centre halves exposed. And uh, that was that was the threat of Hazard plus the lack of control in the midfield. As for Robertson, when he did get forward, I thought he put a couple of nice crosses in. Uh and uh the one thing with Trent he didn't really have a chance to really distribute much today. That's probably again, I don't know, I'm not a stats guy, but I bet that's the lowest number of crosses that Trent's had in a in a match today. Yeah, possibly. Um, I mean, Robertson was exposed a couple of times in in the first half, wasn't he? But which is which is strange because um, he was actually there. I mean, when the ball came over for Willian, um, which Allison ended up saving brilliantly in the first half, Robertson was actually there, but he just got he just got flummoxed a bit by um Williams run which which was surprising and uh, coming off the back of um Wednesday's match against uh, Chelsea uh Moreno obviously got exposed a few times and then we were like well at least Robertson's back but there were a couple of times defensively Robertson was turned inside out by Williams in that mm-hmm. first half yeah uh, but overall he 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 just I mean he's just got such an engine because I was looking in the 90th minute and Robertson was still pegging it about mm. the pitch and he was actually growing into the game and getting better and better and better as the game went on and becoming more of a threat because he was he didn't offer any threat in the first half and as as Eddie said Trent's Trent wasn't getting crosses in and when he did get a couple in they just went high and wide over a couple in the first half especially that just went into no man's land yeah, there certainly yeah, was. As they, as they came in, you know, as they came into the game and they moved central, that was where they found more joy when they mm. were left wide. And that was, that was because yeah. they were, they were outnumbering then Chelsea in the midfield. You know what I mean? When the, mm. when the, when the, when the, when the uh, fullbacks came into the center. But when they were left wide, as is their traditional means of playing, where they're whipping in these crosses, that just didn't happen today. And that's, you were saying earlier that you thought the, the, the Firmino in particular was ineffective, but they provide so much of his ammunition. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. I think that's fair. Uh, I think that's absolutely fair. Okay, we'll move on to um, got to move on to the centre back pairing before we go all the way back to um, Alison. Uh, your thoughts on Virgil Van Dijk and Gomez, Joe? Because I thought they actually had a good game. I thought they were disciplined. I thought, yeah, Joe Gomez. Um, you know, there was a few nervy moments, but nothing too alarming because you knew that things were taken care of. I thought today positionally, I thought they were very good. I have no qualms about my centre backs. No, I agree. I, I'm loving that pairing at the moment. I think they played really well. Um, as you, you sort of briefly touched on, Joe might have had a little bit of a um, uh, something to do with the first goal that we can, well, the only goal we conceded. But um, I can't really remember it off the top of my head. But he he definitely. He played another good game to me and he's got so much pace and it means that when those balls come over the top and we saw a bit of that in the second half where Joe and um, Van Dijk uh, just absolutely, uh, who were they up against? Were they up against Hazard? It was William, I think. And they just, they kept up with him really well and both of them and they've both got a lot of pace. So for two centre-backs to have that amount of pace, I feel so confident in playing a bit of a high line as the game continues to go on and also joe is brilliant on the ball um a couple of times he he does this little thing where he he dummies a he dummies a long ball and just glides past um hazard and uh Giroux and then plays some quite nice passes that sort of ping into that midfield area it's just a shame our midfielders didn't do anything with it <laughs> Yeah, that's a. <laughs> I think we've discussed that at length. And Eddie, you know, um, uh, <laughs> it sounds harsh doing this, but I feel like it needs to be done. Uh, I feel like this defense, like I know you shouldn't look at the Carabao Cup because that was our B team and it was Lovren and Matip. But you know, the first goal that they scored, yep, there were shouts that it may have been offside. But what I what I found so alarming, I was actually at the game. What I found so alarming about that goal was the reactions were just so slow. 
you know when that happened and I felt like these two are just so much more alert on the ball I feel like their positional awareness everything is just so it, there's a stark difference between those two centre-backs and these two centre-backs yeah it's completely different as you say uh, the, the pace the the, the, the organisation is the thing for me the way Van Dyke Marshall sat back for and you saw it from the free kick where Chelsea I think it was either free kick or a corner I think it was free kick where Chelsea were offside and he was so determined that they hold that line you know what I mean? That no one mm. breaks that line and then Chelsea are offside. Obviously, he tried to do that with the other free kick right at the end, but it was a sort of more whippy free kick. It wasn't as floated. So it was a that the Chelsea guys had the chance to stay onside and still get to it, the one that ended up going for a corner. But I think Van Dyke marshals that defence so well. And that's that, that's a big difference. But I thought Joe Gomez was excellent again today. I, I really do. He, uh, he had a couple of strong clearing headers really early on. That really impressive first half. Uh, he was nearest to Hazard for the goal, but it wasn't really his fault. And then uh, everything, uh, everything that he did was was fine for me today. I really, mm. I, I really couldn't fault him. He's a, he's an absolute shoe in for me now as 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 the partner for Van Dijk. I mean, it, hopefully these two don't have to be rotated much because uh, I would like to see them start in as many games as possible. Yeah, yeah. If if we can keep that back five together for the majority of matches, then I'll be chuffed because I think they've they've they're it's a great back five, and I think that was the main difference in the Carabao Cup. It wasn't the fact that we were playing Shakiri instead of Salah. It wasn't the midfield changes that we made. It was it was the back five in in midweek, and as you've already said, Nina, because uh, the way um, Virgil marshals that defence, as Eddie said, and I think they're forming a really good partnership they are and you know what that's not a slight or a dig at anyone I think what really hasn't helped you know the our, our team certainly in defence um, over the last seasons has been the constant rotation with regards to injuries and the constant chopping and changing that you know the the constant rotation between the goalkeepers you know and I think you're spot on I think as you know the back five has to pick itself week in week out I think that's absolutely important I think it's crucial I think it's important that they have some kind of understanding that they know that exactly who they're playing with and you know just that familiarity and I think that is a sign of a truly truly great side when when your defence just kind of picks itself. I mean, I watched a lot of Italian football growing up and, you know, every time, uh, you know, you watch like your likes of Milan or you watch your Juventus, the back five picked itself. Like there was no, ooh, surprise element to it, you know? And I think that could be same, the same could be said of, you know, the the Fergie's United title winning sides, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's absolutely crucial. Now we're going to move on. I mean, the goalkeeper. I, I just think this guy helps out the defence massively and vice versa. I think, you know, the goalkeeper really sort of benefits from playing with the likes of Virgil van Dijk and, and Joe Gomez. But we got to give Alisson some love today because I thought today, um, uh, although he conceded a goal, I thought he was absolutely incredible. Eddie, I want to get your thoughts on Alisson because I felt like, I mean, throughout the whole game, but certainly in the, like, the dying minutes when Chelsea did apply that pressure. Of course, we're going to talk about the subs and the goal that Sturridge scored. But when Chelsea were trying to apply pressure again, he made me feel calm. And that's what he brings with him, no doubt about <laughs> it. Spoiler, spoiler alert here, and I know it ruins Nina's final, final question of the podcast. He's my man of the match. I mean, we're, we're talking about him nice and early here, but if, for me, he was absolutely the person that kept us in that game. And any other goalkeeper that we've had previously, certainly in recent times, even though we could easily have won that game, we would have lost that game without that man. He was absolutely brilliant today. And, and I know you've already said, in your opinion, there was no fault from him on the goal. Obviously, he got fingertips to it. He was exposed, obviously, in that position. And uh, it's never nice when a goalie concedes one across him like that. He did all he could to get it. It's just one of those things. Uh, brilliant finish, as I said earlier, from uh, from Hazard, in my opinion. But the calmness, that's the main thing he brings. A shot stopping is going to be something that people talk about, but sometimes he's not always going to save them. But the way he was out of his box so quickly to snuff things out, even remember that the one thing that Wijnaldum got wrong today, I think Wijnaldum had a good game, the same as you, was that hospital ball that he gave, uh, yes. that he tried to give Allison. Yeah, mm. and uh, look how quick this guy was off his line, this big pink canary charging at you <laughs> to make sure that he got this, uh, he got that intercepted <laughs> before Morata could get onto it. It was absolutely amazing. I, I, I honestly, I want a goalkeeper like that. I really do. It's so, it's so refreshing to have someone that's so alert to the game, so fast off his line, snuffs out danger, reads the game so well. I mean, oh no, he was, uh, he was brilliant for me today. 
You know, yeah. you know, on a weird side note, every time I go to Anfield and um, we're attacking and the ball's in their half, he will be doing lunges, he'll be doing squats <laughs> and splits. Honest to God, I've never seen anything like it. That's brilliant. <laughs> well, he's obviously trying to keep himself focused and ready in mm. the game, which, um, yeah, and you can tell. But like as Eddie says, he's always ready and alert, isn't he? And um, so, what? So, you guys didn't think he was to blame at all for the for the Hazard goal? I actually don't. I know he went like sort of past him. Flat footed, flat footed, a little Nina. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't either, as it happens. But my dad did. <laughs> I was watching it with my dad, and he was like, he and I was sort of defending Alison because what I thought happened was. Uh, Alison um, was on the wrong foot. But when I say the wrong foot, I don't mean objectively he was on the wrong foot. I mean, he was just happened to be on the wrong foot because Hazard took the shot as a sort of a snapshot. Um, again, all credit to Hazard because he took the shot when it wasn't expected, as far as I'm concerned, uh, just a split second earlier. So whilst Alisson was setting himself, uh, uh, Hazard took the shot. So I don't really think he can be be. Uh, blamed for what is essentially Hazard's brilliance again but as you both said Alisson was just brilliant throughout the rest of the game anyway Um, there was the Willian save and then there was the Hazard late save which was just phenomenal I mean the way the way he keeps himself was it was it Hazard late of the game yeah Yeah, it was that was that that was the speed though Jay that was what I was saying about how quick he was off his line he made Hazard have to decide quickly what he was going to do you know totally. what I mean? and that just puts that seed of doubt in, in in Hazard's mind yeah and it's the way it's even when he's not making those saves as well the difference he makes to the back four because everyone knows what's going on everyone knows where he is and as you said as well when he when he cleared up from one Adam's error he was just so alert to it and that's just such a so refreshing as a Liverpool fan because we haven't had that for years you know what's mad? We've got somebody on the pod that, you know, um, Eddie seems to think he could have done a little better with, you know, with what happened with Hazard. Uh, but the beautiful thing is he still managed to get down and sort of get his hand to it. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying he was flat but obviously he has to be aware. No goalkeeper likes to be beaten on the near post. Mm. You know what I mean? So so he has to be aware that yeah, Hazard... Yeah, it's the ultimate disrespect, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. you know what I mean? So he's always <laughs> thinking that Hazard's got the skill and the talent to try and drill that near post. So his first thought is that Hazard's going to go near post. Mm. So that's that explains why one foot was probably planted uh, a bit firmly, which stopped him having the reflex to, to dive across and get a full hand to that uh, to that ball. But the fact that he even got fingers to it, I mean, it was a... Hazard struck it absolutely beautifully. It was... I mean, I'm not going to fault the keeper, and I said that earlier in the show. Do I think he could have done better? Yes. Does that mean I fault him for the goal? No. Exactly. I mean... It- it basically maybe it wasn't a ten out of ten, but he was certainly, and I don't want to spoil <laughs> Nina's question later either, but he was certainly one of the best players on the pitch today. So yeah, I mean that's been a while since we've had that. So yeah, yeah, nothing you, bad to say about the guy. Absolutely, and I challenge Eddie to find me another man of the match now because he, you know, he threw a clanger in there with the spoiler, and I don't appreciate them at all, Eddie. <laughs> I'll go for Henderson then. <laughs> You better. <laughs> Your mentions will be blowing up quite literally. So, yeah, you do that, sir. Uh, okay, we've got to discuss some of the subs as well. Klopp, of course, you know, has the luxury of making subs, tactically change things. I was quite shocked to see Mo Salah go off, um, you know, one of the first players to be hooked, certainly in the attack, because I thought he was playing quite well. I think we said that, that, you know, he was trying to do something. He kind of frightened to some degree, you know, the Chelsea defence with his pace. But he came off um for Shakiri. Yeah, I was I was shocked as well, and mm. I was I was a little bit disappointed. I thought Mane was having a, a worse game than Salah. I thought um, he was going to hook Firmino. I actually thought yeah. that. Yeah, I actually thought Shakiri maybe for Firmino. Yeah, and then you could put Salah through the middle mm. and um, Shakiri on the right. I mean, yeah, I was shocked too. I, I I was getting a bit frustrated more with the commentators and the general vibe from everyone at the moment that Salah is you know not as good this season. He's a one season one, blah blah blah, like. Do these guys not watch the match live? Because he he's still playing really good football. He's still creating chances. So yeah, all of those things were really bugging me. And then when Salah got taken off, I was like, oh god, I hope that's not validating these guys' opinions because I don't think they're correct. But with Klopp making that decision, I don't saving think him for was... Napoli, I think, and then of course Man yeah. City as well. You know, you got a lot to think yeah. about. There's a lot of that going on, certainly. Mm. And and he, he certainly, he, what's the point of buying a player like Shakiri if if you're not going to 
utilize him in matches like that. And yeah, I don't think Shakiri had the best of games actually when he came on. But again, I don't know what that that says. Probably more about Chelsea's defense than it does against uh, the individuals. Yeah, he missed Salah, a bit. Like... I, th- I think the reason that Salah was substituted was because he was he was almost being pushed out to the touchline. He wasn't able. He wasn't having much impact in the game at all in that uh, in that second half. I mean, in mm-hmm. the first half, he certainly did. Like we said, he helped. Uh, he helped create chances. He was on the end of a couple of chances, and as long as he's getting those chances, he'll continue to be started and he'll continue to be a threat because it's just a matter of time for his finishing. There's no nothing to worry about with uh, with Mo Salah. But uh, I think, like what Nina just said there, I think that this is uh, this was just a bit of game management from Klopp. I actually expect them. This is a uh, this is a sort of shout from left field. I expect that uh, Sturridge will start against Napoli alongside Firmino and Salah. Ooh, I don't you think hipster. Uh, I don't think <laughs> I don't think Mane will start. I think that he he played the ninety obviously in the mm. uh, in the League Cup the other night as well. So there's been a bit of game planning going on there, and I think he's just thought to himself, I just don't think this is Mo's day today, and we'll try something a bit different with Shakiri. Maybe thinking to himself, uh, obviously about set pieces and the likes of that coming towards the end of the game that Liverpool might get a couple and have Shakiri on the field for them. So I think there was just a bit of thinking there that it's if it's better to have Shakiri out wide and uh, and Mane on the uh, on the left than Salah kind of being. In no man's land. So that was what I thought was behind that substitution. I I agree with uh, with Jay though. Uh, I don't think Shakiri was very effective when no, he came on. Uh, it's just, uh, but I don't think Salah would have particularly been any more uh, effective either. He he, he just uh, his, his finishing just wasn't there. Today. I don't know if his head went down particularly, but he looked a bit disappointed to come off, which you can always understand because we always say that. Klopp hardly ever makes early substitutions. Well, yeah. last week it, last week he made one at half time, and this one he <laughs> made one with about half an hour to go. So uh, it's uh, he's certainly making them a bit earlier. And uh, when it's Salah trudging off, I think a lot of people were surprised. But you could see from Salah's face that he knew it was going to be him. So uh, mm. he just won- he was looking across as soon as uh, as soon as the clock got to sort of sixty sixty five. Whenever the ball went out, he was taking a glance across. So you do wonder if there's been part of a plan there. I, I don't know for sure, but. Uh, I do wonder mm. if there's something been pre-planned that when when a substitution was made, it was going to be Salah. Mm. And do you think? Do, do you guys think that um, Salah would have put away that Shakiri chance? <laughs> <laughs> right now, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I know, no, but, it's but I, I think he would have done. But... I, I mean, I, I wasn't listening to the uh, I wasn't listening to the BT sport commentary <laughs> because. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why I wouldn't bother, but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> but uh, I had the uh, well, I don't know if it was any better than the Steve McManaman and Glenn Hoddle, but I had Lee Dixon and Graham Rousseau on my commentary, and uh, <laughs> uh, these two esteemed finishers were both saying that they would, have, uh, <laughs> they, they would have gone with the other foot, so it left them yeah. the opportunity to have the uh, to have the other foot available to, to retain possession, even if they didn't get the finish. So uh, I thought it was really good. I don't know how many goals Lee Dixon scored in his career. <laughs> but was, uh, <laughs> I thought that was quite funny, but uh, it was a poor miss. There's no two ways about it. I mean, it's uh, someone like that should absolutely be burying anyone. And it's, and I say burying it, at least making the keeper yeah. make a save. You know what I mean? So and uh, that was a disappointment. He- and he could have done better on the free kick as well, I suppose. It was straight at the keeper, wasn't it? I was kind of hoping for mm. a bit of Shakiri madness there. It didn't quite turn. So was I. Yeah, it, it didn't quite pull off. I was like, this is it. This is why we've signed him here. You know, a thunderbolt <laughs> incoming kind of that kind of speak. But you know what? This isn't, um, you know, um, a reflection of the player that Shakiri is because as we know, last week he won us the game in, in, in 45 minutes effectively. I thought he was quite good in the Carabao Cup against Chelsea in midweek as well. So, you know, he's had a bit of an off one, but it's absolutely fine. You, I mean, Eddie, you kind of just spoke about Jurgen Klopp and his substitutions. He's making them early. And of course, he brings on Daniel Sturridge with like five minutes to go. I kind of just go on Twitter for a second. Why have you brought on Sturridge now? What's he going to do? How's he supposed to change the game? What can he do here? Yadi, And I'm sure you all read them too, people. You all did. You might have even wrote it as well. So, you know, don't try to deny this. But, of course, Daniel Sturridge comes on for James Milner. And you know what? It's so nice for him to score against, you know, his previous club. You know, again, uh, what a fucking goal. Fucking ball. Well, I mean, I was worse. I was worse <laughs> than you with those. You had those tweets. I mean, I was actually sitting and watching the game on my own this evening. And uh, when Sturridge went to took that shot, I think I said something like, you fucking prick or something, <laughs> something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, I was, uh, I, I, I thought, here we go. Shakiri's just, the free kick that we just spoke about, Shakiri's just put that one right down the keeper. And of course, that's the moment that you're thinking, how are we not at least getting a point from this game? What, a, what, 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 a, what a disgrace. You know what I mean? All the, yeah, all the, yeah. all the hyperboles are coming out. And then of course, 
the dip on that shot was Oof. absolutely incredible. I mean, yeah, we don't, we can't underestimate how good a finish that, yes. that was. You know what I mean? Because I, I, he tried it, didn't he, in the game you were at? On, uh, yes, on, he uh, did. He, he hit the bar. That was the one there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, th- so this time, obviously... I wouldn't know. I wasn't wearing my glasses, Eddie. I was there, but I didn't watch any of the game. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> well, uh, well, hey, like I said, I was I was cursing him for, for taking the shot from there. I thought there was a, there may have been other options, but wow, what what a goal. You know what I mean? I'm so chuffed for him. Uh, it, it, I mean, and he's, he's our top scorer this season. I mean, that's incredible. Look at the amount... Is he I mean, actually? He's, he's joint top scorer with Marnie, but he's still the top scorer. You know Eddie, what, I mean? what is it with you and all these stats? Are you coming for Gags Tandon? <laughs> 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 well, Gags would normally when I'm not, when I normally read out stats on pods, they're yeah. normally fed to me in a WhatsApp group by uh, by Gags. So uh, uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm coming out with all these ones on my own, son. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. But uh, Gags is uh, we should say uh, a happy anniversary to Gags's parents because that's where he is this season. Absolutely, so yeah. That's why he's yeah. not uh, he's not able to feed us with uh, with with any stats. So. Hopefully they're all factually correct, but I'm pretty convinced that uh, that Sturridge and uh, I'm sure if they're You're not, just making them up, there'll, be, there'll be more than just gags telling me that they're wrong. But it's, uh, it's, uh, it, I'm, I'm pretty convinced Daniel Sturridge is our joint top scorer now with uh, with Sadio Mane. Yeah, that does sound right. I can I can think of th- I can think of three. Yeah, three in my head. Yeah, I mean that was. Yeah, that was stunning. I honestly, that was I couldn't believe that went in the net. The the, the sort of the flight of the ball was unreal. I just honestly, that is going to be one of the goals of the season. Mm. That it, it was just it was honestly an unreal goal. Like for in terms of the technique, like if you and ever... he scored a few of them, and sometimes they've count for nothing. Like of course you remember the yeah. goal against Sevilla, oh, technically yeah. one of the most stunning goals you'll ever see, but will be forgotten yeah. because Liverpool lost. So you know what? I'm glad he scored where it, it kind of meant something, you know? Exactly. I love the guy as well. I, yeah. I really, I, every time he plays, I really, really want him to do well um, because of all his injuries and whatnot. And he just comes across like he's Gets really a lot of bored. shit as well, which is... He does. Not, yeah, he gets a lot yeah, of shit. Mm. It feels like he's bought into this whole thing now. And I did. maybe he hadn't previously, but now I think he understands that... He, he he gets injured a lot. <laughs> I mean, how can you not understand that? Um, and he's sort of, he's sort of settling for this idea of playing the cameo role or every other game. Like he's he's coming to terms with it and he's rolling with it and he's bought into the energy and the um, the work rate that Klopp demands of him and and it's paying off. And so I was absolutely chuffed. Not only because it meant that. We saved ourselves a point, a much deserved point, but also just for him. Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, you know, uh, the older Liverpool generation remember the super sub in, in Fairclough. Of course, I was of, I grew up in the era of Manchester United having, you know, the likes of um, Salt Shah and yeah, uh, Teddy so. Sheringham. And, you know, to have, you know, if, if Daniel Sturridge can be that for Jurgen Klopp, I ain't mad. You know, the fact that, <laughs> go on, get a goal, and he does it. Not if they're going to be like that either. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Right, guys, I think we've pretty much discussed everything. I think also we've got to give a little shout out, just a little one, because it was, today was the game about expensive goalkeepers. I thought Cap, um, Kappa pulled off a great save off, um, uh, Sadio Mane too, when he kind of, it looked like Sadio Mane was going nowhere and he kind of turns the defense and kind of slides in, takes a shot, but, um, uh, you know, their goalie was alert. I'm going to have to acknowledge that. I thought he did well there. Yeah, brilliant save. Mm. And that's the only nice thing I will say about Chelsea Football Club. That is me <laughs> done. Right, guys, I th- is there anything else that you want to kind of bring to the forefront or to highlight? Because I don't think really we can discuss them. Um, the referee, I thought it was a pretty standard, straightforward, clean kind of game in that regard. Nothing really too controversial. Anything that sort of um, you feel like needs to be brought to the table? Uh, Eddie, Jay? Speak now. As you as you say, Mariner was fine. He's the best of a bad bunch, really. I mean, he's uh, no, he's fine. I, I I was always quite confident when he got the game. I take him or Michael Oliver for every one of our games and forget <laughs> all the rest. You know, what I mean, they're the two that I would uh, I'd be quite happy with. You know, what I mean, it's like you never referees are always going to make mistakes, but you can't really say he got much wrong today. Not that not that I saw anyway. Mm. On a side note, friend is a dickhead. Uh, Jay, what about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I thought the ref did, had a really good game mm. overall. Um, and it, it was, the, as you say, there was quite a clean game. There was no diving. There was no 
pulling or faking or anything like that. But what, what I would like to say is just how sort of eat, like the reason why we're able to nitpick now, which we have done a little bit today. Because we're perfectionists now. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we couldn't have done this because last season in the last five, we, we would have, we would have uh, got that equalizer and then they would have scored again. Yeah. Like, or, or we'd have just, or it just gone out to a one nil anyway. Like, mm. but now we're nitpicking because we're looking like real, real good team. Because even when we're not playing well, which we still haven't really played to what I feel was mm-hmm. our potential, we're still getting these results. And we're still, it's weird because we're still looking like a good team, even when we're not. I don't know, that sounds weird, <laughs> but like, I still feel like we create a lot of chances. We, controlled parts of the game even though Chelsea probably controlled the midfield and and I still feel like we didn't we didn't click into gear so I don't know what that says it just feel like there's a lot to come from us which is exciting keep saying it's a sign of a great team Mm. (laughs) I keep saying it right guys okay I think we kind of um done well there um we're going to go around and pick up man of the match um shouts now um jay i'm going to come to you first who was your man of the match oh well we already had the spoiler earlier i'm afraid um mm. but yeah i was gonna i was gonna give the man of the match to Alison as well because i thought mm. uh, yeah because i thought this was the best get best we've seen of him Um if it wasn't for Alison, i would probably give it to van dyke um again because Everyone else had a decent game, but no one really stood out apart from our defensive players. I think that's fair. And you know what? We have given it to Van Dyke in the past, so I I can get on board with Alisson. I think it's important. And like he said, yeah, he might have conceded a goal, but he was... um, he was vital for us to get for us to get that point and not concede um after that. And Eddie, what about yourself? I'm I'm not gonna make you go elsewhere. If you wanna stick with Alison, <laughs> I, I completely respect your choice. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I thought when Alden was decent, uh, mm. he would uh, he would be up there for me. And there was uh, there were there wasn't a wafer between uh, Van Dyke and Gomez. They both played well for me as well. But, mm-hmm. but it has to be Alison had to be the man of the match. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's absolutely fair. You know. So yep, that is Alison. He is our man of the match. A massive thank you. For you guys for listening. A massive thank you to Eddie and Jay. Um. Uh, but before you go, guys, is there anything to plug? Jay, what about yourself? Is there anything to plug? Any any last words to Liverpool supporters? Uh, you know, any positive um, any positive quote from you? Because you know, I do still feel that people lose their shit, which is weird. <laughs> people lose their shit. What you mean that everyone's nervous about what's going to happen still? Well, uh, you know what? Um, uh, I kind of avoided Twitter for a few days. I think sometimes it's best. And, uh, because yeah. I started seeing tweets that, sort of suggesting that, I don't know if it's, uh, I can't remember the account's name, but there was an account that was getting retweeted a fair bit that wanted Klopp out after the Carabao Cup <laughs> exit. I mean, I'm sure it might have been like a fake account, like a United fan just trying to stir up some oh, trouble. God. But just seeing that makes my blood boil. Like, yeah. just, you know. I'm- I mean, it's just like Russian bots, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it's like it's like the whole um, like the polarization of politics in America. That's <laughs> all these people are is just people that are really, really vocal and just make it look to everyone else as if this is what people think. But for people to for anyone to think that Klopp should be out at this point after a Carabao Cup loss is um, well, I'm just incredulous about that, really. But um, yeah, I mean, there's so much. We're top of the league, joint top of the league with Man City only on goal difference so we've got nothing to worry about and I think we've, there's way more to come from us at the moment so I'm as I say I'm, I'm still excited and I'm less nervous now about Liverpool than I have been for years fabulous stuff yep and you will be hearing more of Jay on Anfield Index podcast in the future certainly on the Nina Casa show I think he's absolutely brilliant and Eddie what about yourself what are you up to what are you working on I know you're a busy man and you know you, you work with you know some very very important people so please let the listeners know well i'm sure that most of them will listen to that show that i do that small show that comes out every week that uh we're so lucky to have and i'm such a lucky boy to be given the gig there's no two ways about it i mean i don't get say much often which is fine it's just the way i like it but even just to kind of listen in to uh to kenny dalglish and paul talking about 
topical matters to do with Liverpool and football uh, is 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 an absolute joy. And uh, I mean, I, I I I sometimes just sit in awe, just listening, and sometimes forget that it's me that's got to come back with the next question. You know what I mean? It can be a it can be a little bit like that. And every time I hear that there's another one to be recorded, it's like let's do this. You know what I mean? You, you couldn't be more excited to to have a podcast that you're involved in than than that one. And uh, we're very lucky to have Kenny. Uh, involved and uh and long may it continue and obviously uh the underlying thing that i'll say any time that we talk about that show or anything to do with it is that uh, please do go and donate to the marina dalglish appeal mm-hmm. because that's the only reason that we do it you know what i mean there would be no uh there'd be no other reason you could hear kenny and on many other shows and many newspaper articles talking about the games but the fact that he comes onto our podcast and it's with us and you get all you all get to listen to it free every single week you know what i mean all all we ask on the back of that is that uh, you get on board and go and make a donation to that Marina Dalglish appeal. If you could just give a little, a couple of quid every month, that would be absolutely fantastic. The link is anfieldindex.com forward slash NDA. So that's anfieldindex.com forward slash NDA. And that's all we ask for, uh, for this brilliant podcast that we're able to bring you, uh, every week for free. And it's such a great cause. Cancers are an absolutely awful mm-hmm. disease and anything we can, uh, we can do at Anfield Index and anything that a legend like Kenny Dalglish can do, obviously, to, uh, to kind of, nullify that as much as possible is such a welcome uh, welcome endeavor so uh, i just encourage everyone listening if you could just go and give a couple of quid to that uh, that charity will make all the difference so that's that's really all from me uh, the only other thing i would plug is a match of the day ten thirty five saturday night man united got beat 3-1 at west ham today <laughs> Do you, can i just say something about man united they like everyone has their own like thoughts on Manchester United but they right now for me personally they're about as relevant as Everton Football Club I never thought in my lifetime I'd ever say that like they just mean nothing uh, yeah oh, but the, con- the content that comes out on all the sort of non-club specific guests the the, the Mourinho inevitable third year meltdown it's just, it's just the complete flip side to the coin of where Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, to some extent, find themselves now, and it's, mm. uh, it's just so good to just be able to sit back and kind of observe that absolute meltdown going on there, and uh, long may it continue. And I really do hope that Mourinho could win a couple of games soon because uh, I hope that he could just stay forever. I just, I, yeah. I don't want him to go anywhere, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, uh, hopefully, he can now just get a couple of wins together, hover around that sort of twelfth, eleventh, tenth. Ninth that a push would be okay, but nothing more than that. I'll be quite, uh, I'll be quite happy with that. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, once again, thank you so much, guys. For my part, uh, I might be doing some more videos. Um, I definitely have a Euro Incision podcast. Demonstrate obviously after the Champions League games. That will be exclusive on Anfield Index Pro. So do check that out. I will be speaking to some of the best journalists. Um, I get to channel my inner James Richardson where I get to talk about European football. That's always quite fun. So do check that out. From my part, thank you so much for listening. Uh, got a massive game against Man City, which I will be back for post-match. Till next time, up the Reds. Podcast Network.